surely the Most High is in this place. And this is none other but the house of Yah. For Yah is in his holy temple. Let all of the earth keep silence before his presence. I was glad when they said unto me, Come and let us go unto the house of the Most High. What a marvelous privilege it is to be able to worship Him in spirit and in truth. One more time. Greetings and salutations. Peace be unto all of you wherever you are in this world. Thank you for listening on Facebook, YouTube, Anchor.fm, and Spotify. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let us pray ourselves for our invocation. Gracious and eternal Father, here it is again with just a handful of your people listening to this service once again that thou hast ordained from the very foundation of this world. We are humbled, appreciative, and thankful to you that you spared our lives and you spared our souls to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth just one more time. As always, Father, we pray that we would be administered unto you through song and sermon. Forgive us for all of our wrongdoings that we've committed against you, ourselves, and our fellow man. Whether we did it out of mean-spiritedness, cold-heartedness, and our own wickedness and wicked ways, or whether we did it completely ignorant and unaware, forgive us is our plea for you is our plea for ourselves unto thee. Bless those that are here. Bless those that are on their way. Thank you for all that you are doing. For it is in your name we pray. Amen. Good to see all of you all again. We're going to have our doxology, then our devotion, and then our first selection, and then we will come back with observations. May y'all bless you.
among the nations. Let the people praise thee, dear God. Let all of the people give you praise. Let nations be glad and sing with joy. Thou shalt judge righteousness. And God, even our own God, shall bless us. The Lord shall bless because the Lord has blessed. And the Lord is blessing us right now. All ends of the earth stand in awe, in holy reverence unto him. We are blessed and privileged to be in service. One more time. God has been good. Through it all, we've learned to trust in God. Thank God today, I know that I'm not here because of my own ingenuity, but because of God's grace and goodness towards me and toward you are we here. Join in now and let us praise God.
somebody over there would say, it's the Lord's blessing.
services. I pray that you were uplifted and inspired by the devotion. We're going to have our very first selection. is going to be very, very brief. And then we will 
return with brief observations, then Amazing Race, and then we will get right into the word of the Most High. We'll be back in just a few seconds.
I can't bear witness to what anybody says. I can only bear witness to me. And all of my help, all of my guidance, all of my direction comes from the Most High. And it's even better when we listen to Him. It's better when I listen to Him. Yeah. It's better when all of us listens to him. Certainly, once again, we count it a joy and a blessing to be able to worship him in spirit and in truth. I pray so far that during the song service you have been uplifted and inspired and you reminisce about how far the Most High Himself has carried you and how He continues to carry you through. Yeah. Uh, I would like to make observations at this time and share with you again that this is a, another marvelous beautiful privilege to be able to present to you these virtual services in spirit and in truth. Uh, today marks the first week in which we have concluded our Daniel fast. Uh, we have concluded one week. We started uh, last Sunday and here it is today on the Sabbath day, uh, March 11th. So Sunday all the way until today, we are wrapping up our very first week of the Daniel Fast. It concludes on the 25th of March. And I know for a lot of us, it has been extremely challenging it's been very very uh, taxing at times but just keep in mind that you are strengthening your spirit and in the process of you strengthening your spirit you are also uh, becoming much closer and stronger to the most high and is sharpening your your discipline and your focus and just remember to uh, stay with your diet uh, you can't have any meats you can't have any sweets um, the uh, menu is is in our church group but once again if you don't know what the menu is uh, I will be putting it on uh, my page uh, my profile page on um, on Facebook as well as uh, my YouTube channel so that all of us will be in accordance to the Daniel fast and we will continue to govern ourselves accordingly uh, during this fast and we're doing this fast leading up to March 20th 
which is actually the very first day of the actual new year. Not January 1st, which is the dead of winter. Spring is the official brand new year, not the dead of winter. So leading up to uh, March 20th, we are on this Daniel fast. And actually, uh, we're going to be ushering in uh, the new year uh, the de with the Daniel fast. So uh, the 20th, which is uh, a Monday, which is the official first day of the new year, first day of spring, uh, we're going to be in our final week of the Daniel fast. So I'm anticipating the blessings of the Most High. I'm not going to say if. I'm, I am going to say when. And whatever, whenever those whatever those blessings are, whenever the Most High blesses, it's going to be uh, to, to make you a better son, a better daughter, a better follower, a better disciple of his. And it will also give us more discipline, strength, and courage, especially during these dark and dangerous times that confronts each and every single one of us. So, uh, get ready for that as well. And, um, sometime maybe at the end of March, the beginning of April, is when we will begin to have uh, our spring revival. Yeah, we're going to have a spring revival uh, probably at the end of March, the beginning of April. And I will conduct that uh, revival virtual service online again. And... Uh, there are some things, once again, that we have to get addressed and to have all of us to be better men and women. Because whether you are cognizant of it or not, we are in the era of separation. And we have to make sure that we are going to be on the right side of history. And we have to be not only aware and we have to make sure that we're on the right side of history but on top of that we have to make sure that we are in divine favor with the most high yahuwah because if not the consequence of not being on or rather in his divine favor which means the right side of history is going to be hellish is going to be extremely detrimental. So please, ma'am, please, sir, examine yourselves. Continue to work out your own soul salvation with trembling and fear. You got eight million, you got eight billion people on earth, pardon me. You got eight billion people on earth, and it's really sad that all of us, all eight billion plus of us, are living on the same planet, yet we're living in different realities. Hence the reason why we are in the era or the season of separation. We got to separate. 
righteousness can't continue to dwell with unrighteousness. Because there are just some people that just refuse to do the right thing for the right reason. So we got to separate. So uh, continue on your, your Daniel fast. And see, just because the Daniel fast is going to end the on the 25th, that doesn't mean that you have to stop. You can continue on with the Daniel fast as long as you want. You know, but the objective is to govern ourselves and to prepare ourselves for the brand new year, which is March 20th, with the, which is the very first day of spring. Uh, let us continue to keep all of the families that's grieving in our thoughts and prayers and meditations as well. Uh, so good to see the Johnson family back with us today. Uh, they uh, went to India to lay to rest their loved one, Brother Carl Love, the man that I had the privilege of presenting his final Bible study. Um almost a month or so ago let us continue to keep that family in your prayers and thoughts and meditations and the same should I should say and the same goes for Lady Marla Johnson <clears throat> she is uh, here with us today happy to have you with us my dear and um, continue to keep her in your prayers and your thoughts and meditations as well I'm not going to get into any specifics as to what's going on with her, but just know for a fact that she needs your prayers. She needs your prayers. She needs your, your well wishes and your support. So keep her uplifted as well. So good to see all of you again, uh, and especially Sister Daphne. I don't know if she's still with us or not, but it's good to see you uh, here today and uh, also in Bible study a few few weeks, a few days back as well. Uh, she told us that she's been in the hospital with her, so, her shoulder. So let us keep her in our thoughts and prayers as well. Uh, don't forget um, this coming Wednesday evening. I'm going to push Bible study up. Because 7.30 don't seem to just be happening. So I'm going to say between 7.30 and 8 o'clock. 7.30, 8 o'clock Wednesday evening. Uh, we're getting ready to embark on a new subject. And that is the title of fasting. The, the blessings of fasting. The positive uh, benefits of uh, <clears throat> excuse me, of, of fasting. And I feel it's an appropriate uh, topic to discuss because we are in the middle of the Daniel fast uh, where you can only have fruits and vegetables and water and you can't have any meats and you can't have any sweets. So we're, there's uh, great blessings and positive benefits to uh, the Daniel fast. So we're going to be exploring uh, the benefits and the blessings of fasting beginning uh, this Wednesday evening possibly possibly at 7.30 but if not it'll be probably closer to 8 o'clock alright 
And now, without further ado, ladies and gents, we're going to have one brief selection, then Amazing Grace, and then we're going to come back and we're going to wrap up our sermon series, Melanated Presence in the Bible. This is the fourth and final installment of our sermon series. May y'all bless you. May y'all keep you. We'll be back in just a few moments.
and how amazing grace, how sweet the sound, has saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. One more time.
the name of the Most High, Yahuwah, the true beneficent, the true merciful. Praise be the Most High, from whom all blessings flow. What a marvelous privilege it is once again to be in your midst. We thank the Most High for Him being who He is. We thank Him for His Son, Yahusha. We thank Him for His precious Holy Spirit that leads us, guides us, molds us, scolds us. Thank Him again for His Son, Yahusha, that took your and my death penalty upon Himself so that we may have life and have that life all the more abundantly. Thank the Most High for both the Old and New Testament, the Torah and the Injil. I greet all of you, my beloved brothers and sisters, with the greeting words of peace and prosperity, it is simply Shalom. To Elder James, our Deacon Baron, Sister James, Lady Marla, Sister Nadia, to all of you, what a marvelous privilege it is again to be able to present to you what thus saith the Most High. As always, I will try my very best not to hold you very, very long. Let us pray. O oh, gracious and eternal Father, thank you again for this time of preaching and teaching and facilitating of your word. We pray that we would hear from you, the real preacher, and that you would anoint our minds to remember our ears to hearken and listen, our hearts to believe and receive your word, which is a seed. May it be sowed in good ground, and we pray that the fowler of the air will not hinder the word being sowed and keeping somebody from being illuminated and saved and delivered. Loosen the knot in my tongue. Remove any and all distractions. Bless us and keep us now. For it is in your righteous and holy name we do pray. Amen. Turn with us again to the book of the Psalms. Psalm 68 and the 31st verse. We are getting ready now to conclude our four-part sermon series entitled Melanated Presence in the Bible. Melanated Presence in the Bible. Part 1 dealt with the introduction of 
this uh, this sermon series. Part two dealt with melanated presence in the Old Testament. Actually, part one, uh, part two, and three actually did it dealt with uh, the Old Testament figures that were melanin, and so here it is. Part four, we're going to wrap it up with talking about melanated presence in the New Testament. And our thesis, or our themed passage, is taken from the Psalms. Psalm 68, verse 31. And I'm going to be reading this from the King James translation of the Most High's Word. Again, that is the book of Psalm, Psalm 68, the ancient uh, Hebrew hymn book of old for ancient Israel, Psalm, Psalm 68, verse 31. Now I'm going to be reading from the King James translation, and you will find these words. It says, Princes shall come out of Egypt, Ethiopia shall soon stretch out her hands unto Yahuwah. Again, princes shall come out of Egypt, Ethiopia shall soon stretch out her hands unto the Most High. Melanated Presence in the Bible, Part 4. Melanated Presence in the Bible, Part 4. I'm going to preface this final part of our sermon series by reminding all of us as to why I wanted to talk about melanated presence in the Bible in the first place. Because this particular generation of melanated men and women throughout the course of time have developed a very, very dark and a very dangerous inferiority complex. They have looked at themselves from a very dangerous and unhealthy lens instead of looking at themselves from the lens of the Most High and His Word. That inferiority complex has metamorphed into something so dangerous, an entity so dangerous a psychological apparatus so dangerous until it erodes right thinking within that man or that woman. So much so until they have bleached their skin, subtracting away the natural melanin all of the vitamins, all of the minerals naturally 
that helps fight off different diseases and disorders, especially when it comes down to their skin. You have a lot of melanated men and women that really is melanin on the outside, but on the inside, they're white. They're known colloquially, known as being an Oreo. And unfortunately, the severity of this inferiority complex is generational because it has went from generation to generation. So much so until that when somebody perpetually celebrates being melanin and they celebrate the history of the achievements of melanated men and melanated women, the nerve, the gall, and the audacity of one to say it don't take all that or to even ask or suggest to them why do you celebrate black so-called black history every single day? This is the severity of self-hatred to the point where it, it is normal. Abnormality, unfortunately, is the new normal. So whenever you find somebody that is willing to pinpoint and to point out that we were a great people, but because of our perpetual disobedience, our perpetual disrespect and defiance and our rebel spirit we are looked upon as being villainized. So my main goal and my objective throughout our entire sermon series was to prayerfully and hopefully and carefully remove the stigma that we are perverts, that we are slaves, that we are low lives. Because by our very nature, we are none of those things. But what happened was we have underwent a dangerous metamorphosis. We were not born perverts. We became perverts as a result of our ecologies, our environments, and sadly, in a lot of cases, even our genetics, which has caused us to have a residual effect And has caused us to act as foolish like we have been 
acting. So my fervent prayer for those that are full of hatred of self and is still looking at self through the lens of somebody else that has always been envious of them that wants to be like them. Hopefully, your mindset, your apparatus psychologically and emotionally will undergo a healthy and positive metamorphosis. And for those that continues to celebrate being melanin, you keep on. You keep on because that lets all of us know that you have knowledge of who you are and whose you are. You have the right knowledge. And you are unashamed. You're unapologetic. And you are going to move forward in proclaiming who you are and whose you are in spite of the tainted and diseased society that we live in and among sick-minded persons that are the byproducts of the evils that exist in this society. Last week I talked about Moses being melanin. Moses by blood was Hebrew. But he was under the tutelage of Egyptology on the Pharaoh for the first 40 years of his life. Then the next set of 40 years of his life, he married Jethro's daughter. And then the last 40 years, he led Israel. So now, here we are in melanated presence in the New Testament. Now, let me also further add that people have always said foolishly that they don't care what color Yahusha was or what color Yahusha is. I suggest you better start caring. Because in the book of Revelation, Where John, the beloved disciple, is the author or the penman of this apocalyptic book, said that in the spirit, 
he testified that he saw the heavens open and he saw the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the world. And then he gave the description of this lamb. The lamb's hair was like lamb's wool. And his feet were like burnished brass. So what does that tell you, brothers and sisters? That, that lets us know that's the number one piece of evidence that Yahusha looks like you and he looks like me. He's one of us. He's a melanated man. But then question asks, the question is raised, the question is asked then, if he looks like you and me, if he looks like a melanated brother, if he looked like us, how in the world did we get all of these other images of the anointed one that's Europeanized? If he looked like me, if he looked like us, how come all the rest of these images of the Most High Yahusha, his son, how come he look he, he, he looked like a white man? He 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 Europeanized. Well, what's this? It was the 14th century, I believe it was, when the painter Michelangelo, who, by the way, was a homosexual, but he was a great sculptor and painter, and he was preparing to do work on the Sistine Chapel at St. Peter's Church in Rome, Italy. And Michelangelo's uncle and his wife had a brand new baby. So he needed a model for the so-called Holy Family. So he had them to come down and pose as the Holy Family, you see. And ever since now, the 14th and the 15th century, Christendom art or art in Christendom has been Inuated with these European images of Yahusha. But this is the part where I have to tell you go back to your Bible and go back to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 14. Go back to your word. Go back to what the scripture teaches us. Because John said again, his hair was like lamb's wool.
his feet were like burnished brass. So when anybody is foolish enough to scrutinize the genealogical tables of Matthew and Luke if Yahushua was on the line of David. You go all the way back to the book of Ruth where it talks about the story of Naomi Boaz. Then it takes you all the way back to who? Ham and Canaan. So this is the genealogical table out of which the Most High Yahusha comes from. Now, here's more. When you study, don't just read this, but when you study the passage of Scripture in the book of St. Matthew about the angel's instruction to Joseph, which is translated in English, Joseph. Matthew chapter 2, and verse 13 says, where, where it says here, angels know what they're talking about because they are the messengers of the Most High. Matthew says, or Matthew records, reports, and when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Most High appeared to Yosef appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, go and take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt. Go take the young child and his mother and go and flee into Egypt. Now, the reason for that was because that wicked, sadistic Herod, not Herod Antipius, but Herod the Great, got shaky because he got word of the prophecy about a new king in Israel. And as you know also, he had all of the baby boys in particularly but mainly all the babies in Bethlehem that were under two years old. They were slain under the edict of the slaying of the innocents. That's why the angel instructed Yosef to take Mary and Yahusha into Egypt and hide them. See, even then, it was infanticide. Even then, babies were being aborted then. 
not in the traditional sense of abortion, but nonetheless, they were being exterminated. Infant side. See? Now, people in the first century AD, they were indigenous to the land of Egypt, meaning they were people that looked like you and looked like me. So I'm going to tell you something. You can't hide no blue-eyed blonde baby in Harlem. You can't hide no blue-eyed blonde baby in Brooklyn neither. You can't hide no blue-eyed blonde-haired baby in the Bronx. And you doggone sure can't hide no blue-eyed blonde baby in South Jamaica, Queens. You can't do it. What you're saying? There's melanated presence in the New Testament. Here's more evidence for you. On the way to Calvary, the Bible records the incident where Simon of Cyrene was told or conscripted to help Yahusha carry the cross. You don't believe me? Look it up in Matthew chapter 27 and the 32nd verse. Now, you're, you're probably a wondering, uh, but preacher, bro minister, uh, where exactly is this place called Cyrene. Where, where is this? If you look upon ancient biblical maps, you'll find that Cyrene is in Africa. Actually, it's present day Libya. So, this soul brother, Simon of Cyrene, came to Jerusalem as a part of the Jewish diaspora for the holy days and the Passover celebration. Now, just like there was, there is a lot of color discrimination in contemporary times, you can rest assured they also had color discrimination back in history, back during the biblical times. And Simon was a melanated brother. And see, the Romans, they grabbed him out of the crowd, you see. And they compelled him to help Yahushua carry that old rugged cross. And I'm going to tell you something, it's very, very comforting to know that somebody who looked like you and me helped Yahusha on the last leg of his journey up Calvary's rugged brow. I think that's the 
answer to that age-old question in that hymn. Must Jesus bear the cross alone? And all the world go free. Now. Look at the book or study the book of the activities of the Holy Spirit. They call it the book, the, the, the books, uh, the, the acts of the apostles. But it's really the activities of the Ruha Kadesh, the Holy Spirit, through the apostles. Acts chapter 13, verse number 1. It reads like this. Now, they, now there were in the church at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manon, which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetriarch, and Saul. And we all know who Saul was. Paul. Now, I want you to put a pen in that reference to Paul. We're going to get back to him in a moment. Now, we're going to pick out two other names, you see. We're going to look at the we're going to look at Brother Simeon, who was called Niger, and believe it or not, that was his nickname. And the reason why his nickname was Niger, he was named that because of his complexion. He was from Cyrene and Africa. He was melanin, dark melanin. So they called him Niger like we colloquially say, hey, Sam. Hey, big bruh. What's happening, player? You know, colloquially speaking, you know what I mean? Now, let's look at another name. One other name, Lucius of Cyrene. Now, everybody knows that with a name named Lucius, you know he one of us. You know he is. He one of us. With the name Lucius, you know that's a brother. Ain't no doubts about that in my mind at all. You have known a couple of people named Lucius in your lifetime. I have. But uh, let me go on. After the crucifixion and the resurrection, these strict Jews chased the followers of Yahusha out of Jerusalem and that diaspora resulted in Antioch becoming the center of the early church. At Antioch, the higher-ups or the hierarchy or the leaders of that church, at least two of the five named leaders from the internal evidence is someone named Simeon, whom they call Niger because of his complexion, and another one named Lucius of Cyrene. So you have at least two of the very top leaders 
in the early church, they were brothers. They were brothers. They were, they, they were melanated men. Now, what kind of teachers were they, you ask? The Bible says in Acts they were well-versed. They were well-versed in the word. Now, if you observe carefully and look at prayerfully and carefully at the book of Acts, right? Acts chapter 8 and verse 27. Watch this. And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, right? A man of Ethiopia. He was a eunuch. And he was a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasury. In other words, he was a trustee. He was a treasurer. And he was in charge of all of her treasury, and he came to Jerusalem to worship. In contemporary terms, this is what this is what this eunuch was. He was the CFO. He was the chief financial officer of Queen Candace, the Queen of the Ethiopians. the chief financial officer of Queen Candace of Ethiopia was on the road through Gaza. He had a conversation with Philip, one of the apostles of Yahusha, and he said in a nutshell, as I use my mind's eye, he was saying to him, Brother Pastor, I want to know from you can I be baptized? But before I get baptized, I'm reading this scripture. I don't know what it means. Will you tell me what it means? So Philip says, absolutely. It simply means if you believe with all your heart, all your mind, all your spirit, all your soul, that Yahusha HaMashiach, the anointed one, is your savior. Thou shalt be saved. Do you believe? In other words, the Ethiopian eunuch, the CFO, the chief financial officer of Queen Candace, read the passage of scripture and something moved in him. And he wanted to be delivered from his sinful ways. 
just like Bible study this past Wednesday when we had Brother Sam to join our virtual worship, our virtual uh, worship family, our virtual family. In the same way. But the only difference between Brother Sam and our brother in the, in the Bible, in the eunuch, brother, our brother, that's the eunuch. Brother Sam came under Christian experience, you see. This eunuch would have been a candidate for baptism, like he, like he is. So he was talking to Philip. And he wanted to know if he could be baptized. The Bible says that the eunuch was baptized. Brother Philip, Pastor Philip, the Apostle Philip, led him to Yahushua. And the Bible says he was baptized. And once he was baptized, he went back to Ethiopia. A changed man. Saved. He became a disciple of the Most High. Now. Here's something. That I want you to understand. And I want you to really pay attention to this. Here's what happened. Watch this. The Roman Catholic Church stakes the claim that it is the longest continuing unbroken church in the world. That is false. Tis not. The longest unbroken church in the world. No, it's not. Because the Catholic Church, as we know it now, did not take form until 313 AD under Constantine. The Ethiopian eunuch took the message of Yahusha back home. So really, the oldest continuous unbroken church is the Coptic Church of Ethiopia. That is the unbroken church, the longest unbroken church in the world. The Coptic Church of Ethiopia, not the Roman Catholic Church. Sorry. Don't you see? There is melanated presence in the New Testament. The Injil. Now, watch this. In the book of Acts, we're still in the book of Acts, the 18th chapter, 
and verse 24. It says, And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria. Where is Alexandria, bro, preacher? Egypt. Where is Egypt? Africa. So Apollos was a black Jew. Evidently. He was a black Jew. And not only was he a black Jew, he was an eloquent man who was mighty in the scriptures of the Bible came to Ephesus. Paul ran into this man at Ephesus. Paul was establishing churches throughout the Mediterranean world. Here he bumps into Apollos at Ephesus, which is now modern-day Turkey. Turkey, Kurdistan is the name today. Turkey, Kurdistan. Kurdistan, excuse me. And so Paul hears this black Jew from Alexandria who was well-versed in the scriptures and he's eloquent. Now here's the question. How did a man who is a melanated Jew from Alexandria in Egypt well-versed in the scriptures and is as eloquent as they come, right? How did he get a hold of the message of Yahusha in Alexandria? In Egypt, and Egypt is in Africa. Now here's the answer to that question. The answer is the diaspora caused by the oppression orchestrated by strict Jews and the Ethiopian eunuch that Philip baptized when he went through Africa, told somebody, he began to witness about Yahushua. And reading between the lines, there, there probably was, there must have been a church at, at, at Alexandria, there must have been a tabernacle out of which this black Jew, this well-versed in the scripture, and eloquent preacher, whom Paul ran into in Ephesus. So again, I'm still zeroing in on melanated presence in the Injil, the New Testament.
That's where I'm at. Now, let's get back to Paul. Okay? Let's, let's really get back to Paul. You do remember, right? You, you do remember me telling y'all to put a pin at Paul, right? I said we're going to get back to Paul in just a moment. Y'all remember me saying that, right? Now, we're going to put a pin, we're going to go back to Paul. Go to the book of Acts. Stay in the book of Acts. Because there was a mob of strict Jews that tried to kill Paul in the tabernacle or the temple of Jerusalem. They tried to assassinate Paul. But Paul was rescued by the Roman guard who took him to the chief captain to whom Paul declared his Roman citizenship in Greek. The chief captain then said to Paul, Art thou not that Egyptian which before these days made us in uproar? And let us out into the wilderness 4,000 men that were murderers. That's in the book of Acts. Chapter 21, verse 38. What you saying, preacher? Paul looked like an African to the chief captain of the Roman guard. A chief captain of the Roman guard would not be ignorant. He would not be an ignorant man, and he thought Paul was an African. The primary author of New Testament theology, who heavily quotes the New Testament prophets of old, looked like an African. Melanated presence in the New Testament. See? And so, what I've been trying to show you is that as you go throughout the scriptures of the Bible, when you use your internal evidence of the scriptures itself, 
You don't have to go very far. And you don't have to look very hard to find that there is melanated presence in the Bible. The real challenge is you have to find European presence in the Bible. That's the challenge. And I also want to tell you that at the beginning of this sermon series, my challenge and my goal was to try to put some steel in your back. I had to try and give you a steel backbone so that if you are a true follower and if you are a true and committed disciple of the Most High, Yahusha Hamashiach, you don't need to be half-stepping because you are of melanin ancestry. You heard me tell you also that you, no ma'am and no sir, that you are not a pedophile, a tramp, a slut, but you are a son and you are a daughter of the Most High. Stop looking at yourself from the lens of men and women that uh, have always hated you and wanted to be you. Yeah, you've always have been the kind of men and women that have always found favor in the most high. And you got to stop being what the world wants you to be. Yeah, and the reason why you have to stop being what this world wants you to be is because this world is an enemy of the Most High. And by this world being an enemy of the Most High, that means this world has to be your enemy as well. Because how is it that righteousness and unrighteousness can be in the same house oh yeah how is it that you can call your son yourself a son or daughter of the most high but you are still engaging in riotous living yeah how is it uh, that you can call yourself a son or a daughter of the most high yet you are living in a world of sin and you're living in a world of confusion and dysfunction. Yeah, and I want to say to you right now today, stop being the opinion of what man and what woman says. Yeah, and you, ma'am, and you, sir, are not now, nor have you ever been what men say you are. Yeah, and you got that way because you were influenced uh, by the learned behavior of wicked men, wicked women that are heathens. Yeah, and, and I want to say also today, yeah, that this is the hour where you can't afford to be so foolish anymore because... You got so many men and so many women 
that are defiant, rebellious, disrespectful. And I want to also tell, tell you and inform you, yeah, that this is not the time to continue on being defiant uh, and being disrespectful. <laughs> I want to say, yeah, my father says, if my people, which are called by my name, I will hear from heaven, but you have to pray and seek his face and seek his pleasure. <laughs> then I will hear from heaven and I will hear from, hear from heaven and heal that land. Yeah, you have to encourage your heart and mind when nobody else does. Why is it uh, you are living vicariously through men that hate the most high and hate the most high's people? You don't hear me. How is it uh, you can look at yourself in the mirror knowing that you are a descendant uh, from great men and great women and you continue on living the the life of a, a low life. Yeah, I want to encourage you today. Yeah, my father wants you to stop and turn around and be in his divine favor. Ooh, yeah. I want to say to you, stop being what men and women want you to be. And start being, start being that kind of man and that kind of woman that the Most High created you to be. Because it's not the will of the Most High for you to be lost. Don't you know today, yeah, heaven is made for the sons and daughters of him that died for you and me. <laughs> and hell is not meant for you and me. Hell is a place that was originally designed for all those demons that was defiant and disrespectful towards the Most High. Oh, yeah. It's altogether appropriate uh, because you now have the comfort uh, to know uh, that the same baby that came down through 40 and two generations, that you were meant so much to him, he took your death penalty. Uh, and he wanted you to have life uh, and have it all yeah, more abundantly. Yeah, he has hair like lamb's wool and feet like polished brass. And one day, one day, on an old rugged cross on Golgotha's hill, uh, Ah, he decided uh, that you were worth dying for 
It was not easy for him, but he decided that you and I, you and I, we were worth it. Don't you see here? He died. He died. He died. He died. Oh, he died. He died. But got up again. He died. He died. He died. But got up again. He did all that. For you and me. He died. That you and I might have life. To the tree of life. Who wouldn't want to serve a supreme being like that? He died one Friday on a hill outside the city wall. He died. So that you and I He died. So that you and I could have life all the more abundantly. That concludes our sermon series today. I pray you find strength And you got more confidence in the Most High and in yourself. The doors of the Most High open now. We're going to extend an invitation. To discipleship. Was open. The door's open. Come on in. The door's open. Bow down. Bow down.
getting ready to go now I'm all preached out I pray that I pray you got something out of this message Pray you were uplifted, you were inspired, and you'll be able to look at yourself with a lot more respect for self and a lot more dignity. Because you are not now, nor will you ever be, the opinion of other people. May the Most High richly bless you. May He keep you. Stop trying to be like everybody else. Stop bleaching your skin. Stop bleaching. Stop bleaching your skin. Stop hating yourself. Just stop. Just, just stop. You seeking approval from people 
that hate themselves. Just stop. Just, just stop. You are a great people. It's time to get back to your greatness now. It's not too late. But it's not. It's not too late, but it's not early either. Tomorrow is not promised to any of us. Shoot, even the rest of this day is not promised to us. It's not. It's not. The employees at Atwar Factory says thank you. You you all are welcome. I'm glad you all were inspired and uplifted by by the message today. Um, don't forget Wednesday night, it's going to be between 7.30 and 8 o'clock where we have Bible study. We're going to begin our study on fasting, okay? All right, may y'all bless you and keep you. Let us prepare to dismiss, I give the benediction. Gracious Father, we thank you for this time of teaching and preaching. I pray that your sons and your daughters were uplifted and inspired. That they don't have to be ashamed of being dark skin. You created us. In your image and after your likeness. Thank you for even ordaining us. Thank you for even ordaining our births. And we pray now That you will continue to mold us and shape us. Envelop us with your love and cover us with your blood. Thank you for being who you are. In your name we pray. Unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his throne. May the Most High richly bless you. May the Most High bless you and keep you. May the Most High Yahuwah 
shine his face up upon you. May the Most High give you peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we do pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. May y'all bless you and keep you. Most High willing, we'll see you next time. Peace and blessings be upon you.